Rob, this is so cool. I'm so excited that we're doing this birthday episode. I'm so excited. I can't believe you got everybody to come. Oh, I know. I It was last minute, but I even got Linnea Quigley. Yeah, Linnea Quigley. Oh, yes. that's so exciting. And like, I, you know, I love Bruce Campbell. How did you pull that off? Oh, I had to pull a lot of strings for that one, my friend. Oh, that is so cool. That oh, is so cool. Hang on. There is something I want to show you. Uh, let me just get up on this gravestone here. Okay. All right. All right. Oh, there we go. That feels a lot better. Oh, take that okay, off. So we're going there for my birthday, huh? <laughs> All right. Okay. That's fine. That's cool. That's cool. Um, now, you're sure that, that like Tracy Lords is coming? Oh, definitely. Definitely. She's she's right. going to be here. And oh, I've, have I got a treat for you? I was able to secure Jamie Lee Curtis. Oh my God, star of virus. Yes. Oh, I love Jamie Lee. Now, I I have no problem. I didn't mind bringing my own birthday cake, but should you slow down eating it a little bit so we have stuff for everyone else? Oh, sorry, it'll be fine, I think. Mm. Okay, all right, that's fine. I, I've got another one in the car. Don't worry about it. Oh, okay, okay. Cool. Delicious. And they had no problem meeting in the cemetery. They were fine with that. Actually, it was Linnea Quigley's idea. I could see that. She's kind of a creepy chick. Yeah. <laughs> That's pretty cool. Um, are you worried about the sky? Like, it looks like it's going to open up any minute now. Yeah, it is getting kind of dark. What's up with that? I don't know. Um, you, hold on. Just let, me, just let me finish this dance here. I had practiced this number all week, getting ready for your birthday. Looks, so. It looks choreographed. It looks very choreographed. I'm very uh, impressed. Yeah. Did you buy the leg warmers specifically for this or did you have those already? Uh, you're going to laugh at me, but I actually had them for about 30 to 40 years. I would, you know what? I would not laugh at you. It's, I actually, I'm not surprised. Okay. Yeah. I stole them from my sister a long time ago. You got some pretty smooth moves there, my friend. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. That's pretty cool. And the red wig just happened upon that or? No, I actually bought that special. That's cool. Thank you. You went all out for my birthday. Oh I'm yeah, so I did. Because I knew, I knew how much you liked, you know, the surprise that is coming for you. And so I was like, I'm going to throw as many hints your way as I can. That's pretty cool. It's starting to rain now, Rob. I'm getting wet. Really? It's not raining over me yet. Oh, wait, wait. Ow, ow, ow. That's Shit. Burn, that, yeah. That, why is that burning so much? Rob, it's really starting to burn. Oh, oh, oh. Hang on. Oh, Rob, oh, man. I don't even have time to grab my clothes. Let's just no, go. Leave the clothes, Rob. Let's go. All Let's right. go. Problem. Oh, boiler. 
to talk about the return of the living dead from 1985. I can't believe there's someone else other than me who actually loves this movie as much as I do. Oh no. I feel the same way about you, Rob. I I'm digging this movie. I loved it. The minute I first saw the cinema, this is like, to me, I mean, I know that like, this is going to make people mad, but props for props are due for Mr. Romero's night of the living dead. But this is my zombie movie. This is my jam. Like, I love this movie so much. Yeah, I I feel the exact same way where Night of the Living Dead, it was great. And it had a, a lot of very serious uh, tones to it. Not only, you know, it was very political for that time. Oh, yeah. Totally. Um, whereas this movie is just a fun romp. Uh, it doesn't take itself too seriously. And it's just like. It's a party, a zombie party movie. <laughs> exactly. And it was like my generation in a weird way. Like it was an 80s movie. I was an 80s kid. Yeah. These were my peeps. Yeah. Same here. So, it's like, I yeah. didn't understand punk rock culture at that time. It wasn't until the late or no, the early 90s that I started getting into punk rock culture. And so when I was, when I first saw this movie, I didn't understand what's up with the hairdos and all that shit, you know? Uh-huh. But so, I, yeah, as I, as I became a teenager, I understood it more. Yeah. So growing up, the place where I would go see the movies a lot was called the Esquire. And like two storefronts down, there was this young girl and her dad apparently was wealthy. And he just like gave her this business and she sold like punk stuff. And she was very punk, but she was very nice. And especially to me, because I was just this young kid. Um, this was kind of earlier on. But I would go in there. And so I kind of became weirdly familiar with the punk culture in, in an odd way. Um, so I'd buy like the T-shirts and like albums and stuff. And there, there was no reason at all why she should have been nice to me. But she really was. Um, probably to get my money. But um, 
it really opened up a lot of the stuff that I think otherwise I wouldn't have been exposed to because it was very intimidating. Okay. But the fact that she was so nice to kind of like bridge the gap that I would have had otherwise until I was older. That's awesome. man. I always oh, love yeah. hearing about people and how they, cause punk rock was one of the, like one of the first things aside from new wave, because I grew up on new wave. Mm -hmm. um, yes. Like one of my first cassettes was actually tears for fears and Duran Duran. Um, and then like, as I became a teenager, that's when I started hearing things like misfits and the sex pistols and, you know, all the, all the punk stuff that I had missed out on. Yeah. Now see, Walt likes tears for fears, but I'm a huge, huge Susie and the Banshees fan. Oh, I love Susie and the Banshees. Yeah. Do you really? Oh no. I'm all about Susie Sue. Yes. Okay. Anyway, enough of that. Cause we got so much to talk to talk about, about on this film. I know. Um, right. Yes. So before we even move on, I have got to talk about Dan O'Bannon, the man behind this. Yeah, I heard his name quite a bit. Well, and he's from St. Louis, Missouri, which is where I'm from. So represent. Oh, shit. Yeah. Um, are you familiar with him at all? Yeah, I heard. Well, he's created or directed a lot of the films that I've watched. He's yeah, he's mainly created. He didn't direct a whole lot, but he's like behind stuff. Like so Alien, um, Dead and Buried. I don't know if you've watched that one yet, the one we talked about earlier. No, I haven't seen that one yet. Oh, it's so good. Life Force, um, Invaders from Mars, which I know you guys have covered. Yep, and I, I loved Life Force. I thought that yeah. was perfect. Oh, yeah. Um, and Heavy Metal, tell me you know Heavy Metal. Oh, I know Heavy Metal. Okay, yeah, he was his original idea was basis for that one. So he's like done so much stuff. He was a very prolific uh, like writer. Now, did he have a kid that created, um, I believe, the Farscape series that was aired on the Sci-Fi Network? Uh, I believe his name was Rockney S. O'Bannon. Really? That I don't know. Yeah. I, I, I'm not calling you a liar. I just didn't know that. That's amazing if that's true. Really? I don't know. I'm asking you if you know, because oh, I know I that you, that. I know that you're, you're pretty hip to like all these, uh, you know, these uh, creators and actors and everything. So I wasn't I sure. I did not know that. Now, did you know that Gary Coleman is set to do the remake of Silver Bullet? <laughs> <laughs> it's going to happen. Um, no, I did not know that, though. That would be amazing if it was. Um, the thing I like about um, Dan's stuff is I think he's really good. And I think this movie proves it. But he's really good at, like, ensemble stuff. As far as, like, lots of characters juggling lots of characters in his stories. Oh, yeah, because this movie is full of characters. Well, yeah, and like Aliens the same way. Um, I just think he's really good at that and, and establishing characters. And I don't know. I, I think he's very good at that. But anyway, I had to talk about him because if it wasn't for him, this movie would not exist. And I love this movie so much. So thanks for humoring me. Hey, <laughs> I am just glad that we could come together over this great movie. Oh, yeah, exactly. Now, are you warm enough? Because you're still sitting there pretty much with just those damn leg warmers and that wig on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I forgot about the orange wig. It's actually keeping my head warm. Thank God. Um, <laughs> now, I do like this because I tried to write these down, but I like how it's like almost set up like documentary style as far as like the, the time and the date and everything when it opens. Yeah. And it, like at the intro to the movie, the, when the black screen shows up, it says this movie is based on actual events. Um, oh yeah. None of the names were changed to, to protect the innocent or something like that. Yeah, no, I love that too. Yeah. And we'll later we'll talk about, but they like kind of really do tie it into night of the living dead too. Oh, is that how night of the living dead started? 
Yeah. Well, no. Well, we'll get to it. But yeah, they talk about the whole like army thing and everything. We'll get there. But yeah, it's okay. kind of how they do it. Yeah. So um, we open up on the uh, it's July third, nineteen eighty four, and we open up at the Unita Medical Supply. <laughs> Unita, we gotta. <laughs> right. Um, and uh, we got uh, now. You got to bear with me because there's lots of characters in here to talk about. Um, but we first open up with Bert, the owner of the medical supply, and that's Clue Gallagher. Are you a, are you familiar with Clue? Only by way of um, now, I had seen this movie, of course, pre feast. Now I'm sure. You're oh yeah, good for you. Good, good. Go okay, um, but I did not remember Clue until after seeing Feast, and he's got the same kind of temperament. Yeah, and so. Yeah. From, you know, from him in Feast, where he's like freaking out all the way back in 1985 to him, you know, in Return of the Living Dead. And so it's like, ah, that's the same person. He He's like playing the same character. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, so I'll try to fly through this. Uh, the Peter Bogdanovich film, uh, The Last Picture Show, he was in that. Um, did you ever see The Initiation with Daphne Zuniga? I'm familiar with Daphne. She was in the fly part two and uh, also Spaceballs. She was uh, a princess. uh, What the hell's princess? No, not. What the hell was it? All right. There was Prince Valium and she was a princess something. Oh, this is killing me. I bet Bobby Anthem will know. (laughs) Craven. Craven. Yeah. (laughs) Princess Craven. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but anyway, yes, I'm familiar with Daphne. Okay. Yeah. So he, she was in that one, which it's a fun one. I recommend that. Um, the gayest of the gay nightmare in Elm streets. He was in part two. Uh, that was a gay nightmare in Elm street. Oh my God. It was so gay. Oh, was- because the main character was gay. I get it now. Okay. Oh, it was so, well, the whole like, you know, coach getting strung up in the shower and whipped on the butt. And, yeah. So, okay. Anyway, um, uh, let's see here. I'm trying to go through here. Oh, he did a, I love Vincent Price. So he was in a movie with him called From Whisper to a Scream. It was an anthology film. Um, the Hidden, you know, The Hidden, right? It sounds familiar. I probably have seen it. Okay. If not, we need to do that one because it's a cool, like alien thing. Um, and then this one, I will make you watch this because it's about a weird killer cat thing. It's called The Uninvited. The uninvited. It's set on a yacht. It's this cat mutates. It's the weirdest thing you you need. Oh, we're it. we're definitely gonna have to cover oh, that. You do this, yeah. <laughs> um, he was in the Willies. Um, not a porn, unfortunately. <laughs> the Willies. <laughs> he was in Puppet Master Five. Puppet Master. I have seen all the Puppet Master films. Yeah, that was from '94, and then you you already did all the feasts, and then uh, Piranha Three Double D. Okay, yeah, and we had uh, previously talked about Piranha 3, yep. Double Same D. That. Yeah, that's Mr. Clue. Okay, Clue yeah. Gulliger, man, he he's really made the rounds. and Yeah, I do like him, though. There's something um, about that I didn't know, but they they were, hold on, I, my notes are everywhere. <laughs> no, you're fine, you're fine, you're fine. Oh, I'm going to have to do so much editing for this. <laughs> While you're doing that, though, um, she was Princess Vespa. Yes. Thank you. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, you're welcome. I wanted to tie her into like Prince Valium in some way. But, yeah, she was uh, Vespa after the bike. 
right, right. Yep. Um, do you want me to move on while you're while you're figuring out what you need to say? Yes, keep going. Sure. Okay. Um, and then so um we also have uh it's uh Frank who's already worked there, and that is uh James Karen. Now I know him from several things. He was in the amazing Frankenstein meets the space monster from 1965. Okay. I definitely did not see that. No, but fans of cheesy sci-fi monster movies, you need this in your life. You can thank me later. I will accept cash card credit, however you want to do it. Checks, whatever. Um, <laughs> he was in uh, uh, Hercules in New York uh, with Arnold Schwarzenegger. I lo- I'm a big Hercules, like uh, sword and sandal films. I'm into those too. So he was in that. Um, he was in Poltergeist, which I know you love that one. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. Invaders from Mars. Invaders from these- Mars. Yep. And a lot of these people were in uh, The Second Living Dead. He was one of them. Um, yeah, so- him, and, uh, him and the guy who plays... Uh- okay, hold on. I got it. Uh, Freddy, Tom Matthews, who plays Freddy. Yes, 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 yes. Uh, he, he was also cast in the second Return of the Living Dead, yeah. A lot of these guys were. Um, and then he was in Girlfriend from Hell, which is a fun one. Um, he There was the TV remake of Piranha from 95. He was in that. Hmm. And then he was also in Mulholland Drive, the David Lynch film. I think I'd seen that one. That's the one with Naomi Watts. Okay, yep. Yeah. All right. So he's Frank and he works at the, you need a medical supply and Freddie has just started there. And that's, you just mentioned that's Tom Matthews. Um, he was, again, you, like you said, he was in the second uh, return movie. Um, and then he was an alien from LA uh, with Kathy Ireland, uh, who you may or may not know. Ooh, Kathy uh, Ireland. Yes. Okay. I thought that might. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, and then he was in uh, Friday 13th, <laughs> Jason lives and he played Tommy Jarvis grown up. Okay. Okay. Now, this is, we won't talk about it very long, but I just want to throw this out there. There are a series of fan fiction films based on the Friday 13th movies. And he's basically reprised the Tommy Jarvis role. And the, uh, the first one that I think I know of is Never Hike Alone. But there are tons of these, and he's in a lot of them. But anyway, that, he, he is our Freddy. He's our Freddy character. I didn't even know those existed. No, and there's a lot of them. I didn't realize there were as many as there were until I was doing this. Holy shit. Um, yeah. So um, basically, Frank is, uh, you know, giving them the lay of the land. Uh, they're talking about, you know, getting their skeletons from India and things like that. And, um, uh, oh, yeah. Think- He's like, where, where do they, have you ever seen a person with perfect teeth? Yeah, PT, exactly. Yeah, and he thinks that there's some kind of skeleton farm in India or something. Yeah. Right, right. Yep. Um, and then uh he's showing where the bodies are, and they're saying they use them a lot for medical schools. And he mentions one that they uh ship to a lot in in St. Louis, which I thought was awesome. Um, little in joke there. Okay. Um, and that uh they get a lot of their bodies from US Army uh and ballistic tests. And they're supposed to get a fresh shipment in on Monday. Yeah. The corpse in the freezer. Didn't it look a little yellow to you? Yes, it did. It did. It did. And I, I'm trying to remember what movie I'm mashing it up with because this is going to make me sound really sick. And I don't mean to sound sick, but the movie I'm thinking of, he's actually kind of 
buff and beefy and he's got hair and he's kind of a good looking man and they show him naked as he attacks. And for some reason I was thinking it's this movie, but it's not. And I'm trying to remember what movie I'm thinking about. Hmm. Um, but anyway, yeah. Cause when this guy came out and then once everything proceeds and I remember this guy, I'm like, so what movie did the other naked guy show up? In? Yeah. Um, well, I don't even yeah. know which one that is. Yeah. Cause this guy's like jaundiced as hell looking. Yeah. He's very, very yellow. <laughs> yeah. So from there we uh, head on and we meet our punks and they're wanting to party. Uh, and Tina is getting ready to meet Freddie. Yeah. And doesn't she seem like the only kind of uh, normal, like non-punk girl out of the bunch? So I'm going to put this out there and we could talk about it. Okay. I've heard that she was not supposed to look like that. And there was a, like a wardrobe malfunction and they went with their second choice. Okay. That makes sense because she looks like the odd man out. Okay. So, but to me, I don't really think that wardrobes, unless I'm wrong about this, films and wardrobes, you're never going to go into a film with just one like set of clothes you're always going to have for that very same reason or for continuity's sake like if something would happen mm-hmm. you're going to have like three sets of like skirts and three sets of blouses and whatever so i don't know if i buy that so yeah i that doesn't sound like why would they i'm sure they had enough money to actually kind of shoot this film and get all the costumes ready yes so again much like i was saying with the friday 13th movies i like to make up backstories for everybody and I wonder, in my mind, because she really does not, like you were saying, fit in with the rest. I wonder if she wasn't like Freddie's girlfriend. And Freddie's more of the punks, but they kind of have to hang out with her because she's his girlfriend. Ah, okay. That makes a bit more sense. Or, and we'll get into all these guys later, but the one that plays i think it's chuck is his name the one that's with casey but he she wants nothing to do with him he's kind of got like the yeah it's chuck he's got like the almost like the dress suit on yeah he's the preppy new wave kind of punk exactly so i'm like is she more preppy because she almost looks more like almost like the 80s go-go's look kind of yeah she she kind of looks like a valley girl almost yeah so i'm like is she maybe friends with chuck and that's how she got into the group none of this is based on anything that's just my concept just my thought but yeah, I love to figure this out. Anyway, but yeah, Tina does not fit in my mind. No, she's, it's like one of these things is not like the others. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, exactly. So that just real quick, we see the punks and we'll get more into them in, in a little bit. Um, scream if you want me to do this differently or anything, Rob. If you have something to add, you let me know. Oh, I'll let you know. Okay. So now we got Freddie and Frank back in there at their desk and everything. And this is where... Um, uh, Frank starts filling in on on uh, Freddie in on the uh, cases in the basement, the tanks in the basement. And he was talking about, did you know that Night of the Living Dead is based on an actual case? Yeah. In 1969, the VA hospital chemical spill. Um, uh, what was it? Trioxinide. Um, and then Romero had to change the facts so he wouldn't get in trouble. And the, arm, the army shipped all the remaining uh, canisters out to them. Uh, and then you get the jump scare of the phone and they talk about the corpses being in the basement. Yeah. And the, the way he plays it off where he's like, you know, he, all right. So he's like, okay, didn't those zombies get up and start eating people? 
And he was like, yeah, but they had to change all the events mm-hmm. and uh, yeah. the army had to contain it. So basically everything that happened in Romero's universe um, was changed to kind of protect George Romero or something like exactly. that. Exactly. Yeah. I love that. I love yeah. it so much. And then, so they're heading down to the basement and he's like, watch that third step. And that's going to come into play. Oh yeah, it is. <laughs> um, and then, so there's the bodies have been in the basement for 14 years. And then we got Frank cleaning the window off and he accidentally, <laughs> he hits it in the gas starts in the, in the movie like that. That Oh, I love the soundtrack, but that like thumpa thumpa. Yeah. It's such an awesome soundtrack. It reminds me so much of like go, the first Ghostbusters film. Uh huh. Oh yeah. It's great. It's, it's so great. Uh, and then we get the scene from like the inside of the canister and the body melts and it sparks and the glass breaks. Yeah. And that's and then, actually, I, I've got an interesting fact about that. Oh, go for it. Go, it's, go, go. It was a wax work that they had melted and the glass breaking was actually not supposed to happen, but it was from all that heat that made the glass break. And so they just left it in the movie. That is amazing. I love stuff like that. Um, and then we see the toxic gas go up through the vents. <laughs> Um, yeah. How like is the gas sentient? Like, how does it know to like go up through the vents into the freezer where where the dead body is? I was just going to say, yeah. And into the, I, I think it just went through the in my mind, it just went through the building. And we just kind of yeah, followed like it kind of choosing the path of least resistance here. Right. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Um, <laughs> and then we get the American flag and it gives us the, 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 the time, the uh, like four o'clock Pacific daylight time. Yeah. And we have our army official arriving home at 1601 hours, checking in and dinner with his wife, Ethel. And uh, Ethel, real quick, I want to talk about Ethel because Ethel, I love her. Ethel Merman. Right. <laughs> uh, she was Kathleen Cordell. And what I think is great about her is she was in the film Gaslight, where the term gaslighting came from. And that was 1940. But it's a good movie. You need to, not you necessarily. I'm not telling. When I say you, I don't always mean you, Rob. But listeners out there, Gaslight's a good movie. You guys should check that one out. Okay. You know, there was an old movie that I did see. I'm not sure of the year, but maybe you could help me out with that. Um, it was Arsenic and Old Lace. Oh, my God. I love Arsenic and Old Lace. And actually, Criterion Collection is just now putting that one out on Blu-ray, too. Oh, nice. Do you know what year that was? Gary Cooper, I think, was in that. Um, if I could spell Arsenic right. Um, <laughs> 44. Holy cow. Cary Grant. I apologize. Cary Grant. Yeah, I love that movie so much. I Again, down in the country, it was just on late one night and I saw it and I fell in love with it. I actually rented it from the library and I don't know why. Because you can't read. Because I can't read. <laughs> <laughs> I thought I thought it said ass and uh, <laughs> ass and lace or something like yeah. that. Yeah. yeah. Ass and lace. Yeah. No, it's a great movie. That is a good movie. That's yeah, good that, movie. That, it was a good movie. I enjoyed it. Oh yeah. That, yeah. Yeah. I do like that about the library that you can rent movies like that. And then there's a, I forget what it's called, but you can actually like download movies like to watch online just for a little brief period of time. Oh, you can do that now. Yeah. I forget what it's called, but it's a really cool feature that they have. Oh, it's driving me crazy. Of that course, is cool. It'll be like Craven in the minute. Like I'm listening to this podcast later. I'll be like, Oh, it's blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Cause we always have those brain farts while we're trying to think yeah, of something. Totally. Yeah. Anyway, but that's her. And I wanted to give her a shout out because it's a cool movie. And I just really, I really, she's not in this much, but I love her reactions to things. <laughs> she just cracked me up. Anyway, so that's Ethel. 
Um, but it, the main thing about this is we figure out the government is still looking for these barrels. They have no idea where they are. They've been lost all this time and they would really like to locate them. Yeah. And if that's a statement to how efficient our government is, uh, then I don't know what else could be, you know? <laughs> there you go. So, okay, the punks arrive in their car, but it's too early and they can't pick up Freddie from work yet. And, and this is, oh, go ahead. Go, go, go. I just wanted to point out uh, the guy suicide. Um, what is his name? Oh, hang on. If you give me one second, I can totally tell you. Okay. So suicide, the actor is Mark Venturini. Ah, yes. Okay. So uh, the guy, Mark Venturini, who plays suicide, I always, like the one thing didn't sit right with me. It kind of made me, I, I think it's just the ADHD or something where I always wondered like what would happen if he got in a fight and somebody were to pull that chain. Yes. Thank you. <laughs> yes. Now you may not know, know what I'm talking about, but for a very brief point in time, there was a fashion that was really big with the middle school girls that I taught. And it was actually earrings, but it, they were long, like a necklace. They went from like earlobe to earlobe and like our school, like pretty much banned them right away. Cause like, you yank on that and your earlobes are ripped open. But yeah, I, I'm right there with you. I always thought that was a pretty bad idea too. Yeah. Well, when I was younger and going to um, um, middle school, there was actually a fashion where people, it was kind of like suicide had where it was a tiny little chain from your ear all the way to your nose. So you had a nose piercing and an ear piercing. Yeah, exactly. Yes, yes, yes. But it yes. wasn't a gigantic chain like that. No, yes. And then there was a little... Do you remember the, um, this is why people tune in, by the way, um, the uh, <laughs> little, uh, it would go in your earlobe, but then there was a little cuff that went on the side of your ear. You yes, I remember those too. Yeah. Um, now, really quick, since we're talking about him, the only thing that I'm familiar with uh, other than this is he was in Friday the 13th, The New Beginning, which I know a lot of people don't like it, but I love that movie just because of the, the sheer weirdness of the characters and the sleaziness of it. I love that movie so much. I think I, I do enjoy all of the Friday the 13th films. Like I'm not too much of a slasher kind of guy, but um, when it comes to Nightmare on Elm Street and Friday the 13th, like I'm totally there for it. Yeah. No, I love, I love this one so, so much. Um, now again, no judgments. I really just want your opinion on this. So later, a little later, like trash is kind of coming on to him. Oh yes. Yes. In the graveyard. And he's like, no one understands me, blah, blah, blah. And he's got no use at all for her. Yeah. Like, but do you think that he is into girls? Honestly, I think he's a nihilist. Okay. I was just wondering, I'm like, oh, is that someone's like little, like, this kind of goes back to what I was talking about. I don't even think we were live, but like how you as a straight man and me as a gay man see things differently with just our life things. Yeah. I was like, is this like someone's way of letting us know this, but not like letting us know this anyway, I just want to get your point on that. Yeah, okay. he might, but he doesn't seem to take any interest in anything. Yeah, no, I agree with you on that. I told, I, yes, I totally agree with you on that. Yes. But I was just wondering, I just wanted to get your opinion. Okay. All yeah. right. So I'm just going to run through pretty much all the punks real quick. Is that okay with you? Yeah, that's fine. Okay. So then from, and I kind of did like almost kind of like order of importance almost, I guess. Um, so the next one's trash and it, 
her name is Linnea Quigley. I couldn't find anything on this person. I don't think she really did anything after this movie. Are you kidding? <laughs> yeah, I'm totally kidding. So she was in Graduation Day, which is amazing. Um, I love Linda Blair, and she played her um, her mute sister in Savage Streets. Did you ever see that one? No. Oh, it's like one of those revenge flicks. It's primo. Um, she was in Silent Night, Deadly Night, Creepazoids, um, Night of the Demons, which I know you guys have covered. Oh, hell yeah. Uh, she was in um, Nightmare on Elm Street 4, Dream Master. She played the soul from Freddy's chest, because I know you're going to ask me. <laughs> soul from Freddy's. No, didn't she play his mother? No, wait, not his mother. Sorry. No, I'm not lying to you. This is what it's listed on IMDb, soul from Freddy's chest. <laughs> really? Yeah. And then Robot Ninja. Robot um, Ninja. <laughs> which is really fun. She's done like other things, like so many other things, but I just, these are things that I just thought that, and then that was from the eighties. And then from the nineties, she was in the Giver. She did Pumpkinhead 2, Blood Wings. Oh, I remember Jack Blood Wings and the Giver was awesome. The Giver is awesome. She did Jacko and she was in, uh, I, I think it's pronounced Colobus. It's one of those, uh, kind of like the, um, oh, like the Big Brother TV shows where they're like watching you kind of thing. Oh, like one of those reality shows? Yeah, it's, yeah, it's like that based on that, but it's a horror movie. Oh, okay. Sense? Okay, does that make sense, Rob? Yeah, that does. Okay, thank you. And then um, and then uh, in the 2000s, she did The Barn and Trophy Heads. Trophy Heads was kind of fun. It had a lot of um, different screen queens in it. Um, but anyway, so that's kind of like some of the things I want to point out that she's done. But I, I really like Linnea Quigley. Mm, and she has no problem getting naked no problem. on film. No problem. Apparently, though, they did the her nude scenes nude at first, but they're I, like, I know I was going to bring this up too. <laughs> I was so distraught after reading that. <laughs> I was like, so you're telling me all this time that basically she was wearing a cod piece and she looked like a Barbie doll. Yeah. No. Apparently, like you, it was pretty much like you would be a gynecologist with. The, the way it was coming off there was no full frontal it makes me sad yeah no apparently there really was full frontal and they're like we cannot do this yeah because first <laughs> like they were like you can't show bush on tv so then they shaved her bush which showed everything and then she yeah, felt really weird work. about it and so they made this giant cod piece for her which made her look like a department store mannequin mm-hmm. and yeah. uh i don't know just after reading all that info i was like Damn it. I thought she was naked this whole time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, no. But she's always a good sport with stuff like that. Yeah, she is. She's very um down to earth about stuff like that. She's just like, it's my body. I don't have a problem with it, which I'm kind of like that. Like, I'm, I'm just like, it's just a person. It's, I don't know, sometimes, and I, everyone's different, but I'm like, it really is just the human form. It's, I don't see where the hangup is. I don't yeah, know. Yeah. I, I think it's this whole, like, um, the American puritanical type of thing where right. it's just like, we're so repressed and there's yeah. a lot of hangups. And when it's just like, I can kind of relate to people in nudist colonies and stuff where it's just like, oh, totally, yeah. it's, it's just the body. Yeah. And I'm not doing this to say, yeah, I want to see as much, you know, boobs as I can. Cause I'm real. That's not really my thing. I'm just saying straight across male, female, it's just the human form. As mm-hmm. far as I'm, right. Anyway, okay. Um, and then, so now, this man was horror royalty to me. He's the one I recognized. Um, was Spider? Ah, yes. Okay, I have seen him. Now, did was he or was he not in Friday the 13th? 
he was. He was demon. He was the one that dies in the uh, outhouse, basically. Okay. Yeah. That's what I wanted to make sure because sometimes yeah. I get people mixed up. Well, most of the time I get people mixed up. Yeah, because this was 85. And um, the one we're talking about is the new beginning. Again, that was also 85. Um, okay. So, like he had like that horror double hitter almost. And so that just like sealed his fate in my book as far as being this like horror god. Yeah. Did you um, realize that he was homeless when he was cast for this movie? I think I had heard that somewhere, which, you know, good for him. Yeah. So that makes me wonder, was this before um, the Friday 13th one? When did, okay. Now this movie came out, it says 85. So when did yeah. Friday the 13th come out? 85. So was he homeless? Wow. You know what I mean? Homeless for the, uh, the return and then he had a home for the other one or, you know what I mean? Like what order were they filmed in? I'm just curious. Well, actually I think this movie came out in 85, but it may have been filmed in 84. Oh, okay. So he could have been like when he was initially cast that he didn't have a home, but then, you know, after appearing in not only this, but like Friday the 13th. Yeah. Um, Good for him. And I don't know if we've mentioned this, but we're talking about Miguel A. Nunez Jr. Yep. Yeah. I love him. Um, he was also an action action Jackson. Oh, I love that movie because Carl Weathers, man. Who I'm talking about Vanity. Vanity. Oh well, man. I don't know. I'm just like you're talking about names that I recall. Kick ass uh, action heroes from the '80s, and it was yes. like I was all in there, man. <laughs> I was all about Vanity. I still am. It's a shame she's left this earth, but I love Vanity. Um. Do you know what I'm talking about even? Yes, I do. Okay. All right. Um, and I know Carl Weathers. I don't want you guys out there to think I have no idea. <laughs> um, and then he was in Street Fighter with Jean-Claude Van Damme. Ooh. Who did he play? And Blanca? Was- oh, I'm kidding. Oh. I know who he played. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. For everyone else, he played DJ in case you don't know. Um, but more importantly, Kylie Minogue was in that movie. Um, no way. Yeah. Oh, yeah. She was uh, Cammy. I thought well, that was somebody oh, else. I don't no, pay attention to names, but Cammy. There, I will bitch slap you. <laughs> I don't even know very seriously. Um, uh, everybody was about Chun Li, but I was about Cammy and and oh, those uh, those butt shorts. Yeah, no, Cammy, not for your reason, but yeah, I was big into Cammy too. Um, and he did Connoisseur, Carn- not Connoisseur, Carnosaur Two. Those Carnosaur movies were the shit, weren't they? Yeah, uh, emphasis on shit. Um, and then of course he was in leprechaun four in space that's one that i had not seen i still haven't seen oh my gosh those leprechaun movies there's something else um and then he did i don't know if you care about this or not but he was in the scooby-doo live action with freddie prince and sarah michelle okay i heard of it but i never seen it oh you kind of need to oh i don't want to make anyone mad i really really don't i don't um i will say matthew lillard was like inspired uh casting as shaggy but and i have nothing against freddie or or uh freddie prince i have nothing against him or sarah michelle but neither one of them are freddie nor daphne from the cartoon at all i don't know what they well they put the money up for it that's why they cast themselves but no they that no they should not be those characters anyway oh that that's kind of a bummer because yeah i just it didn't Especially for someone who grew up on the cartoons. 
Yeah. Oh, I, yeah. Oh, it was all about Scooby Doo. Well, it was actually all about Fred. Everyone else was just secondary. <laughs> um, it was all Scooby Doo and Captain Caveman. Oh my God. Get out. Are you serious? I am dead serious. I worship Captain Caveman and the Teen Angels, which was basically Charlie's Angels. No one's an idiot. <laughs> It was a Taffy, Brenda, and Dee Dee. Yeah. Oh, I love Captain Caveman and the Teen Angels. Captain Caveman. <laughs> get more cooler every time we talk. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. You're amazing. Wow. Okay. We can watch Virus. <laughs> <laughs> and then, so the next one I want to talk about, and to me, He's kind of not, I don't want to take away from the gentleman, but he's like, you forget he's there and then he's there and you forget he's there and then he's there, but it's Scuzz, the one with the mohawk. Yeah. He didn't really have too many speaking parts in this. No. Um, but that's Brian Peck. And he was in, did you ever see the last American Virgin? No. Okay. So like, it's, this is going to be hard to believe, but it's like Porky's, but even sleazier. I didn't think anything. Well, aside from meatballs, maybe. Okay, so it's like one of those teen sex comedies, but it's kind of sleazy. Anyway, and again, he was in Return of Living Dead 2, uh, and he was in two of the X-Men movies. He was in the first one, and he was in this, uh, X-Men 2, X-Men United. Oh, no shit. What did he play? Different characters. Like little tiny roles, like newspaper guy or something like oh, that. Oh, okay. So he wasn't like on the main, main no, roster. Yeah, it's not like he was Cyclops. Ah, uh, yeah. yeah. He, was Jim or, Gray. he wasn't even one of the mutants in the Academy. No, no, uh-uh. no, no. And then we've got, okay, we've got Casey, who was the other female. Yes, um, you know what? I really, really liked her. For I mean, she was annoying, but, like, I'm attracted to brunettes, man. <laughs> you know this? And uh, she kind of did it for me. Okay, so, okay, so is this where your relationship with Jewel Shepard ends, then? Well, she's a brunette. I mean, you don't know anything else about this woman. Um, no, not too much okay. else. Well, I'm gonna open. I'm gonna open your eyes to her. All right, open my. And don't tell me that she's not a natural brunette. No, I'm pretty sure she is. I'm oh, pretty okay. sure she, um, so she was in a movie called Raw Force, which was fun. She did Zapped with Scott Bayo and Willie Ames. Oh, hey, I saw that movie. Okay, yeah, I figured you've seen that one. Um, she did My Tutor, which was kind of in the same vein. I think I saw that one too. Okay, and then they did a whole bunch of Scanner, like, sequels. She was in Scanner Cop 2. Scanner Cop? Uh-huh, 2. I saw Scanners, but, yeah, I, I've never seen any of the spinoffs. Yeah, there's a ton of them. And the Scanner Cops are kind of fun for what they are. Uh, David Cronenberg had nothing to do with these. but it's <laughs> kind of fun. Okay, so this is the one you need to be sitting down. Well, I'm sitting. She, she did a movie called Christina. It's a Euro erotica film, so like soft core, and she's the star. Okay, I'm gonna have to look this up right yeah, this minute. <laughs> 1984, she did this, so right before this one. Oh wow! Yeah, so you you need that in your life. I I, I either thought he knows exactly what I'm going to be talking about, or he's never heard of this movie. Never heard of. It. I mean, I come from like Emmanuel in space and that kind of thing. Okay, so this is Christina, and yeah. She actually talks about it um, a little bit, um, you know, like on her page and stuff. But she's like, it was like what I was promised and what I got were two different things. Um, but yeah, that's out there if you want to watch it. If you need to own it, it's put out by Severn Films. 
Severin Films, huh? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which is a physical <laughs> copy. <laughs> and then uh, last of our punks, we've got Chuck, and that's John Philbin. Um, the only thing, only thing of, of his I know is Children of the Corn. He played Amos. Children. Now, I know I've seen Children oh, of the wait, Corn. Oh, I lied. I'm so sorry. It's Children of the Porn, and he played Anus. <laughs> no, I'm joking. He's a Children it's, of the Porn. Oh, shit. That's good. That's good. Like, if we could come up with uh, some crazy, wild uh, porn movie names, that's hilarious. The only thing is, sadly, Rob, I bet you every single one that we came up with we'll find has been taken. Probably, yeah. Because, I mean... There's nothing new under the sun. Nothing, nothing new, except you finding out about Christina. Yes. See, I had not, and I'm looking at it right now and it looks, ooh, yeah, spicy. So, yeah. You can thank me. You're welcome. Thank this you. This will cover <laughs> any birthday gifts, Christmas gifts, Hanukkah, anything, anything, the rest of our friendship. Well, uh, yeah, that's a, okay. So on Christmas day, I will be underneath my tree looking for this movie. <laughs> <laughs> I will get it to you. I will get it to you, Rob. <laughs> oh man so okay so that's our punks in the car and they gotta wait till 10 um so they break in um into a really shitty cemetery like that cemetery does not look like it's been used in quite a while no and did you notice like the first time i saw this movie i didn't notice the name of the cemetery but then when i watched it again it's called resurrection cemetery resurrection cemetery yes it's yeah like, ah, i love makes, how great the names are yeah it makes yeah. perfect sense now you know it's great it is great um, and then we flip back inside and we see Frank and Freddie, they're waking up and they don't feel so hot. And the canister is empty that contained the body. Mm-hmm. Uh, then they're back upstairs and, and, uh, <laughs> and then, uh, Frank's like, we can't tell Bert what happened. He's spraying Lysol over the place. Yeah. And did you know that the Lysol actually thought that it was, um, pretty good for a pretty good thing for them? Because oh, that's awesome. they were like Lysol, it even removes the stench of dead bodies. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love when they're when they're down with stuff like that. Good for them. Yeah. And then I guess I should have mentioned this earlier, but they also have uh animal oh I should anyway, sorry. Um oh the the half the dogs that are cut in half. They like, have animal cadavers too. And yeah. um so since the uh gases leak and permeate throughout the building. Anything dead is now reanimated. So mm-hmm. there's dog barking and half of the dog is alive because it's cut in half. <laughs> so how come the skeletons weren't moving? Do you think it's because there was nothing on them to reanimate them? There's no muscle tissue or anything? That might be the case. Okay. But yeah, okay, you're probably right because they don't have like anything to move the limbs. It's all just bone that's what i was so yeah and then like i like the scene where the little um the little uh butterflies are like in the in the picture their little wings are flapping and stuff oh yeah that that reminded me of dead heat oh yes totally totally okay now i have to go back and just put this in there it'll take a second for a brief point in my life i worked for a medical university and the students would come in to check out cadavers and they were laminated in this really thick plexiglass and they they were basically cut in half vertically and they would just check out slices so it would be like a person sliced in half like you know how you would slice like a turkey or something 
or like lunch meat in half. And it was the grossest thing ever. Okay, oh, okay. Yeah. Isn't that bisection or something like that? Yeah, something like that. It, it was very, I mean, it's good for science and everything, but it still gave me the heebie-jeebie. Mm, okay. Yeah. So now we're moving on. Okay. Um, so they freak out because they realize everything's coming alive and they've locked themselves in the office, but they're like, but like Frank is like refusing to let Freddie call anybody. It's like, you can't call the army. You can't call the cops. <laughs> and then, and then Freddie like bad mouths the company and Frank's like, you better watch your mouth if you want to keep this job. Keep this job. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I love that. He's like, I'm not sure I want to work here anymore after this exactly. shit that I'm I not just sure experienced. I'm gonna live. <laughs> yeah. And then we're in the cemetery and we get trashed in. This is what I was alluding to earlier. Oh, wait, boxes. wait, wait. We um No, wait. Did we miss that or does Cause uh, okay, the the dead body in the freezer was it screaming at that point in time? Not yet. No. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Continue is, on. Then I'm sorry. Yeah, and this is where she's talking to Spider, and then she she says she, there's a uh, it would be hot to have old men biting and eating her alive. Oh well, she, yeah. You ever fantasize about the way to be killed? <laughs> yeah, and and then uh, she starts to tear off her clothes, and then I think it's uh Casey. Uh, she's like uh. uh um, they gather to watch her and then she's like, she's taking off her clothes again. Yep. <laughs> so apparently she's got a, a predilection for doing this a lot. Yeah, she does. They, they should have, instead of trash, they should have called her flash. Flash. Right. There you go. Now I found it odd. She was wearing leg warmers because to me, I don't correlate punks with leg warmers. Yeah. I don't think I've ever seen a, a someone of the punk rock culture rocking some leg warmers along with like their, you know, their torn shirts or safety pin uh, shorts and things like that. I almost wonder if it had something to do with the makeup department, if it, cause like it covered, they weren't even pushed down. Like a lot of times leg warmers are worn pushed down, but they're pulled all the way up. If that was like a lot of her body part, they didn't have to cover white later. Yeah, maybe because like she had to wear that stupid cod piece. Yeah, I just was wondering. Anyway, not, no, nothing really to do with anything, so we can move on. But I was just curious. Um, so now they've called Bert. And he's at the office or back in the, the uh, you need a medical supply office. And he's all upset. And he's like, uh, we just got to destroy the evidence and, uh, you know, kill the reanimated body parts. Destroy the brain. Um, so, uh, oh, wait, he's not there yet. They're saying Fred, Bert's going to be mad. So. Wait, no, he is there. He is there. I'm sorry. Sorry. So Fred. Opens yeah, that's the- when they let the body out of the freezer. Exactly. Yeah. Yes, you are so right. So Fred opens the door and uh, I like how <laughs> the bird's not going to do anything, but he's just doling out like the responsibility. Yeah. <laughs> and then uh, Frank's going to hit it with an axe after Fred opens the door. And that's when the jaundiced yellow bald man escapes and runs out. He's like, brains. <laughs> <laughs> and then. Um, they hit him with the pickaxe and that basically pins him to the ground, but that doesn't kill him at all. No, he continues screaming and. Yeah. And, <laughs> and then uh, uh, they start yelling the movie lied. The movie lied about uh, killing him with their brain. Yeah. Yeah. So they saw his head off and that's just running around. I mean, the body, not the head, the body's running around <laughs> opening and closing on the ground, still pinned there. Um, at least then- it stopped him from screaming though. I know exactly, and then so Bert mentions that his friend over at the uh, the mortuary, mortuary or something. Mortuary, thank you, Ernie. Um, Mike could help them out. Uh, 
crematorium. That's what I want. The crematorium. And he works late because the light was still on over there. Yeah. Now I'm wondering if, um, if uh, Dan O'Bannon had something to do, like if, uh, if it was kind of an inside joke about Sesame Street. With Bert and Ernie. Yeah. Bert and Ernie. <laughs> yes. Yes. I, you know what? We really should have had my son on here because he is, I turned him on to this and he like really got into it. He knows so much trivia about this. We should have had him on here. Oh, wow. Do you, do you have any trivia about Ernie? Uh, actually I do. And I was okay. going to bring it up, but if, um, oh, let me no. see. You can do it whenever you want. I was just curious because Tyler's told me a lot about Ernie anyway. You want to do it now or later whenever you well, want to do it? Yeah, I'll do it now. Uh, the character, okay. we're because we're going to meet him very soon. It's he's mostly thought to be a Nazi because him sharing, yes. <laughs> he shared his name with Ernst Kattelbrunner. I don't know who that is, but um, it says that there are also details of his character that provide something to his past, where he listens to a German Africa Corps march song, and uh, in his Walkman as he embalms the bodies, and he carries a Walther P thirty eight. Mm-hmm. And he has a picture of Eva Braun in his morgue. Yes. <laughs> and so it's like all those things. And I, I thought that something was fishy about him. And mo- mostly it was because of the white hair. Oh, okay. All right. <laughs> and I was just like, why does this guy have, you know, platinum blonde hair, I guess. Uh-huh. Um, and so I always thought there was something fishy. And I didn't notice until I went and did this deep dive where they were like, oh, yeah, he's a. Like he was originally supposed to be like a a Nazi hiding out in America as a, like a mortician. Yeah. Isn't that funny? Yeah. And then also when he says like, it's raining, I'm been drunken soldat. Like it means like a drunken soldier. (laughs) I was like, ah, okay. So yeah, he's speaking German for some fucking reason. And he has, he knows his way around an oven. Yeah. And none of that is necessary at all. No. It's great that it's in there. It's like none of that is necessary, but they went through the trouble to put all that in there, which is amazing. So, and oh, the actor is Don um, Halfa, C A L F A. Yeah. He was in one episode of Twin Peaks. Uh, He was in New York, New York by Martin Scorsese, that film with Liza Minnelli and Robert De Niro. Okay. Uh, He was also in Foul Play, which keeps popping up on our show for some reason, the Goldie Hawn Chevy Chase movie. Apparently everyone at some point in their life was in that movie. But anyway, yeah, so he's in there and they, and, and then we get the timestamp again. So it's 9, 16 PM Eastern standard time. Okay. Yeah. Just before like, see the, the shit hasn't hit the proverbial fan yet, but it's about Not to. quite yet. Yeah. And so now we're back with the punks. Um, and then Tina turns to trash and she's like, put your clothes on. And then uh, they say that trash likes it spooky and it's a way of life. And then, um, so that's when uh, Scuzz kind of sees Freddie and Frank kind of going to the mortuary with the bags. Going from Unita Medical Supply over to the uh, mortuary. Oh, yes, yes. Okay, I was, I was yeah. like, wait a minute. Did I miss something here? But now I know what you're talking about. And then so uh, we, we get Ernie, and then he's working on a corpse. He's got his headphones on like you were talking about. And uh, at first, Bert comes in there and kind of butters him up. Um, he almost gets shot, though, because like you said, he's, you know, uh, Ernie's got the gun and freaks him out. But then Bert starts talking about him and everything. Uh, and then Ernie's working on the corpse. He's talking about, like, rigor mortis, how you can get it from uh, to, to settle out of the body 
like like kind of working on the the muscles and stuff it starts in the brain yeah the bones into the muscle um that kind of stuff and um, i thought it was a nice effect that when he moves the limbs you could actually hear the cracking and everything yes exactly exactly um and then uh then frank he asked for a favor and ernie says you know probably sure but then the other two guys come in there and Ernie kind of flips out. He's like, it's not legal to have these guys in here. Uh, and then they start telling, they give him the, the story about the, the uh, was it a weasel, I think? Yeah, yeah weasels, rabbit. yeah. Yeah, a bag of, a plastic bag of rabid weasels because the parts <laughs> are all still moving because you can't kill them. Uh, and then. Uh, <laughs> he was just like, let me take them outside in the parking lot and put them out of their misery. He's like, no, 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 you don't want to do that. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, let's just burn them. And he's like, no, that's awful. Um, but then the arm grabs Ernie and then they kind of have to let the cat out of the bag or the, I guess, rabid weasel or the arm out of the bag. (laughs) Yeah. Let the arm out of the bag. And then, uh, they kind of just fill Ernie in on everything, uh, what's going on. Yeah. And he's like, you're going to owe me big. This is the, this is a, this is a huge favor. (laughs) A huge favor. Um, so then we're back to the punks again. There's a lot of like, back and forth between the punks and then the the four guys yeah flipping back and forth it's not really obnoxious it's just there's lots of scene flipping um and then tina decides that she's going to go pick up freddie and while the punks wait yeah and did you notice that like when she walks through whatever the cemetery or whatever the hell that little thing is there's like so much litter on the ground yeah, to me, this place looks like it's just other than the people that work there, it's not really well visited or like, you know, there's no one else coming by there. Yeah, it's, it's like not. Path. It's not kept up. It's just no, it's not there. at all. And, I, and actually, like it was all misty and foggy. I put down uh, Tina takes a creepy walk. Yeah, creepy walk. Most definitely. Yeah. So now um, and then there's a it's Webcox Waste Management, too, is also out there. And that's where Tina rings the buzzer. Um, and then oh, I thought she rang the buzzer at the medical supply place. I, I, or maybe that was a sign there because I know it's almost like a whole little medical facility thing, huh? Yeah, I didn't see that sign, but I thought she was at like at the door, like looking for Freddie or something. Yeah, well, she is, but I wonder, hmm, let's move on. Okay, (laughs) yeah, I don't know. I'm wondering how my notes are. Is she not get a response there and moved on anyway? I you could be uh, 110% right. Um, as you shoot to me and there's like 50 million beer cans behind me stacked up. <laughs> She's like, what the hell were you doing all night? <laughs> uh, and then, um, um, and then they finally get Ernie to, to do the crematorium thing. Uh, and they're like, you know, are the bones going to be gone? Is the heart going to be gone? It's a big muscle. And, you know, he's just keeps saying, I'll turn it up higher. I'll turn it up higher. Um, and, and, uh, Freddie and Frank just keep looking worse and worse and worse. Yeah, they do. Like it, they started off. I thought they were going to be okay after taking a face full of that trioxin. They're not going to be okay. No, definitely not. They're not okay right now. They're not okay right now. And then again, that awesome ass music starts as the smoke billows into the night sky. Great. Um, and then the punks start to get wet. Uh, they head back to the car and the ground starts to kind of smoke as the rain hits it. Yeah. And, and like then, trash is complaining about how her skin is burning. Yeah. Yeah. And then, uh, 
Tina finally gets in the building and then the roof on the car, just basically, it's a convertible. I forgot to say that. It's, and it's not a good convertible. It's kind of like a piece of crap car. It's a really um, shitty car. Yeah, the car won't start. Um, the windows are busted in. It leaks. The water kind of leaks in from the roof. And yeah, they start complaining about their skin burns. Um, then we get the uh, the first of two, I believe, crematorium close-ups. And the smoke kind of billows out of it. And then we see the um, rain is pouring down and the water soaks into the coffin below ground. Mm-hmm. And that's yeah. uh, that's when it all begins. Yes, that's when it all begins. The proverbial feces hits the fan. Uh, and it splatters everywhere. Everywhere, everywhere. Uh, and then um, we're back inside with Ernie and the guys. Um, and again, uh, uh, Burke keeps stressing that he owes Ernie one. And uh, the boys are, are complaining of uh, their, their head hurts. Feels like it's going to bust open. Uh, they're going to puke. They feel weak. They got chills. Um, and then that's when they figure out, when Burke figures out that they breathed in the gas that knocked him out. Um, and, you know, they, they need to get him to the emergency ward. Um, so they call the paramedics and now it is, um, this can't be right. I don't, it's Eastern central, East central time, but my time is way off. I've got 21702. So that's crack time. I don't know what that is. <laughs> well, 21 is nine, but <laughs> I don't know what O2 is. I don't know what that is. Um, <laughs> so that, that would be 902, but I, I don't know where the seven comes in. I've, I've mixed this with 90210 somehow. <laughs> uh, and then we're at the resurrection funeral home, or he tells them to come with, uh, calls the amb- ambulance and tells them that's where they need to come. Um, now we're back with Casey and she hears something. And then the punks are still in the stalled car. And then we get the slow motion tombstone zoom up. And then the corpses begin to crawl out. Yeah. I thought. Oh, so it was Casey who heard the screaming. It wasn't Trash who heard it. I think it was Casey. I could be totally wrong because, you know, flashback to me and now there's walls of uh, wine bottles in front of my beard. Oh, okay. (laughs) I don't know either. I mean, I just watched it last night, but I can't remember who said what. If I put down someone's name, it's more than likely I actually saw them as opposed to just heard it. Okay. I think I actually saw like the actress say it. I'm thinking. I believe you. It's okay. Oh, that opens up a whole new can of worms. I'm so, <laughs> so anyway, um, so now we got Tina inside there and she sees all the damage. Um, she finds Freddie's hat and then she heads downstairs. And of course, she's screaming, is anybody here? Yeah. And I have questions, but I'll, I'll, I'll save my questions oh, until okay. after we meet um, who. Uh, Tar yeah, Tarman. Tarman. All right. So then, of course, our uh, reanimated, like, melty-looking zombie guy is kind of hidden behind a filthy sheet downstairs. <laughs> and uh, he's got his, his famous saying, brains. Brains. <laughs> and then um, she starts screaming, and the punks hear her down there. And so they all head downstairs to Tina. And then the, uh, uh, the tar man is attacking Tina, and she's hid herself inti- inside of a metal storage closet. Yeah, and Tarman is like MacGyver and shit. He is. See, I love the, it's like our werewolf that doesn't really need to be, even be a werewolf because he's not using his claws. He's like using all these tools around him. Right. Yeah, so like our our uh, zombies like jerry-rigging all this stuff to like rip the closet open. Yeah, he created a winch and, yeah, and just uh, ripped it. the doors off. <laughs> so our punks are now like heading downstairs. Um, 
And then, uh, oh, wait, I'm sorry. Oh, yeah. Uh, she step. falls through the third step. Thank you. Yes, she fell through that third step. Yep. Thank you. Thank you, Rob. You got to keep me on track. Oh, that's okay. I almost forgot it, too. And I was like, wait a minute. Why did they jump over the steps? Yeah, because Flash to me and I'm now doing intravenous drugs. <laughs> <laughs> it just keeps getting worse. It does. Um, so now the 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 way it's situated with that sheet, they can see the chain. They can hear Tina screaming, but the punks can't see what's actually taking place. Right. So that really does not prepare um, suicide for the zombie awaiting him on the other side. And the zombie just takes a giant chunk out of his head, basically. It's his brains. Yeah. More yeah. brains. More brains. <laughs> then, so Tina just books it the hell out of there. She's like, screw you guys. I'm done. <laughs> she just tears off running. I tell you, I would have made some lemonade and fudge. Oh, no joke. Yeah, <laughs> no joke. Uh, in your high-waisted mom jeans. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, so spider bars the doors and they head off and now we're back to the ambulance arriving ah yes the the medical technicians yeah and uh so our friends freddie and frank are looking really horrible uh, they tell them that there was an industrial chemical leak and they they took the fumes from it um then i love this because they ask them um what was it? And, and Bert's like, we can't find out until morning. We can't make that phone call because he's still trying to like push this off. Yeah, he's he's trying to figure out how he's going to lie his way out of this. Exactly, exactly. And then they're like taking their vital signs and they've got nothing. There's no pulse. There's no blood pressure. Their room, uh, their uh, temperature is like 70 degrees room temperature. Yep. And Freddie like freaks out. It's like, what do you mean? No blood pressure, no pulse. <laughs> exactly. Um, and then, ooh. Uh, and then the punks are freaking out now. Suicide's dead. Uh, it's just not good. Nothing, nothing, nothing is going well this whole evening. So this is where the punks run into the mausoleum. You with me? I'm still with you. Yep. Okay. Um, oh, and then the skeleton arises from the grave or the ground with skeleton, but he's still got eyeballs. Yes. Which yes. is weird because... I think the eyes are not the final things to decay. I think that it's other stuff. But Rob, it makes for a really cool effect. So it I'm does. It cool. does. I know. <laughs> and that's and when, is that when, when the skeleton with eyes pops out, is that when the song party time plays? Um, it plays again. Yes, but it played earlier. Cause I even tried to write down the song. Okay. It played earlier once before. Um, Oh, it was playing when uh, Tina told her to put her clothes on. Oh, wow. I thought that was a different song. I have party time written down. Do okay. You wanna, do you want to go there with me? Because now I'm actually doing cocaine. Off <laughs> <of me. laughs> doing cocaine off a dead hooker. Right, right. Um, uh, I could be wrong, but I have that written in my notes. That no, if dang thing that does not mean a dang thing. You know why? Because I just remember thinking that party time was well, the chorus was the entire song. <laughs> it is a, an interesting song because because I had immediately had to get the soundtrack the minute this thing came out. Um, but the song itself has kind of like a lull in it. Yes, it does because. It, it kind of reminds me of a Twisted Sister song almost. Yeah, I could see that. I could totally see that. 
Totally. And uh, so the chorus is when it kicks into high gear and they're like, do you want to party? Yeah. But yeah, before that, it's kind of like a sleazy rock type thing. Yes. 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 You're totally right. Yeah. So I can totally see that it probably trash dancing to that, like the, the non-chorusy part of the song. Right. Yes. So let's see here. We got, uh, so now they're kind of back outside because she took off out of there and then Tina's all wet. The guys save her. Um, and this is where the punks kind of like get separated. Yep. They're all running frantically through the yeah, graveyard. Trash attacked her, her, what her daydream, her wish has come true. And now it's a nightmare. Yeah. Her fantasy realized, I guess. Yeah. Fantasy realized. Um, and they're like, why is this codpiece so chewy? <laughs> <laughs> I thought this was vagina. (laughs) And then, so now we're back with the guys, the paramedics have to break the bad news. They're like, technically you're not alive, but you know, we're still looking into this, Um, you know, because dead people don't move around or talk, even though that's what you're doing. Yeah. Um, And then the the punks are trying to break in with Ernie. Yep. They're banging on the door. Yeah. And then by punks in this scene, I'm talking about Tina. Um, who's technically not a punk, but we'll give her this. And we got spider and we got scuffs. Yes, that's right. Yeah. And then you hear like the dead people screaming, which would be horrifying in my book. Yeah. That, uh, that alone would just, I mean, I would probably piss shit, vomit, oh, uh, everything. You. Yeah. I might be flaccid. <laughs> might be fl- Actually, <laughs> excuse me. <laughs> Actually, like when you get nervous sometimes, man, you know, it, it it has strange effects. It's almost like Viagra. That is true. That is true. <laughs> so you could be running around fully erect and scared out of your wits. I'm just pushing doors open, but not using my hands. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then and this is also how we get Casey and Chuck separated from the group, too, because they run and lock inside run and lock themselves inside a different building as well. Yeah. And, uh, well, I think that was Chuck's plan all along. Yeah. Oh yeah. Because Chuck's hot for Casey, but Casey wants none of Chuck. Yep. Yeah. I wonder who Casey would be interested in the group. You know, I thought about that too. And I honestly, it like everything came down to probably spider. Oh, do you think so? Yeah. Interesting. Because to me, she doesn't. Now, okay, I'm not challenging you. Why do you say this? Is there something that leads you to believe this? Like that happened? Uh, No, nothing that happened. It just seems like he is the least. um, The least uh, person that she dislikes, I guess, like she seems to have a kind of uh, rapport with him. Yeah, she just seems to hate all of them equally, actually. They all seem to be like punks in and of themselves. It's like a whole group of punks being punks where they just hate everybody in their group. Right, right. It's just like you, honestly, you can't fit any one person with another person. Like even Freddie and Tina don't seem like they're, they should be together. Oh, I think that if you gave Freddie about a week longer, he would have broken up with Tina. Really? Yeah, I don't think they were a, a forever thing. Oh, definitely not. No, Tina may have not seen it that way. I Or maybe Tina was wanting to piss her parents off. Maybe, yeah. But they would have not, like, grown up and, I mean, gotten married and lasted and, like, 
this was just a, a brief thing. And like, honestly, if any of these people had survived, I don't think they would have been friends as adults. No, <laughs> this was just a phase friendship. Yeah, that that was it because it seems like they were just looking to have like a party. And that's about yeah, it. Like it was really just a brief moment in all of these people's history where they were friends. Yeah. And then next week, the, some of them might have thrown away their uh, chains and shit like that and donned some yeah. uh, some preppy clothes or whatnot. Yeah, or just moved on or. Yeah. yeah. Or even like if you ask them, like, I also feel like they would not have known a lot about each other. Like if you're like, hey, Casey, you know, like next week is like Trash's birthday. Well, number one, she'd be like, I didn't know it was her birthday. And then you're like, what should I get trash? You'd be like, I don't know. What does like, she they, like? Yeah. Yeah, they would have no clue. She'd probably just say clothes to put on. Um, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I don't, they, it all seemed very superficial. And I'm not judging them, but this, in my mind, that's how this all plays out in my head. Yeah, it did. They didn't seem like a tight-knit group of friends. No, not really. Not really. And especially when suicide is complaining, nobody understands me. And, right. you know, going on his little tirades and everything. And he's like, exactly. are you going to... Yeah. You're going to pay me for gas because I'm not waiting two fucking hours driving around. You know, it just they didn't seem like they were best of friends. No, uh-uh. no, no, no. And since we said it, it makes it true. It's canon, boys and girls. Yeah, it is now canon. It's official. It's official. All right. So. <laughs> so let's see. Oh, we left off with Casey and Chuck. So now the paramedics um, are heading back out to their um, vehicle their ambulance, and they are surrounded and attacked. Yes. And then I have that um, the uh, Gary is the first to die, and then unfortunately the cute one is next. <laughs> and didn't the the zombie who pulled him out of his vehicle and j- chomped on him, it looked like somebody who had been sitting in the mud for a couple of days. Is this the one that it was an I'm being sincere and I don't mean to be disrespectful. There's one where I'm pretty sure the person playing the zombie looked like an amputee. Uh, no, that's the one that goes chasing after Ernie. Okay. Okay. All right. Okay. Then yes, you're probably right. I'm going to get, I, I'm, I'm going to say yes. Cause I don't even remember this, but yeah. Okay, like yeah. It, he had dried mud on his face and it was all cracked oh, and everything. Yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yes, yes. And then now, so um, the first one that I didn't care if he lived or died is James D'Alessandro. Wait, I'm sorry. That's Drew uh, Deacon. And there was nothing that he had done that I even knew. And then the uh, cute one was James D'Alessandro. Okay. (laughs) Yes. Anyway, I just wanted to put that out there in the world. Yeah, they don't even show photos here on IMDb of the James D'Alessandro paramedic number two. Uh, Drew Dahan, paramedic number one, he looks like a 70s porn star in this photo. That's weird because on mine, they both had photos. Huh? No, on, on my IMDb, it, it's not showing a photo for James D'Alessandro. I don't understand you it. Have, you have no reason to believe me. But there was a photo on there because I remember thinking, oh, he didn't age too badly. That's so weird. And you're 100% right. It is gone. Maybe he didn't like what was put up there. Or could it be part of that restraining order that he filed against? (laughs) It might be. It might just be that. Probably is. 
anyway okay so we'll move on then you know what screw you if you can't take a compliment i whatever that's on you not on me okay well hey you know jewel shepherd she put like several restraining orders on me you know all those all those letters that i sent her and then i somehow got her phone number and i started sending her dick pics and everything and she she was none too pleased with that were they on a whiteboard that's how she knows yeah they, they were totally on a whiteboard I do like her picture, though, because she's still got that, like, blue in her hair. Yeah, I know. She looks like total punk rock. Yeah, yeah. No, I like that. Good for her. Um, so they're eating the, oh, they're eating the ambulance people. Um, then Bert and Ernie and uh, Tina and, um, uh, help me, Tina and Spider, Spider and, and um, Scuzz, they're inside. And they're like, things are getting out of hand out there. Uh and then we flip back and forth. So we're with uh, Casey and Chuck and they're trying to find a phone when the zombie breaks in. Yeah. And uh, what the, okay. We're going back to uh cannon from the howling and silver bullet. Why does the zombie grab the phone and throw it? Yeah. I, I like, don't know. <laughs> is he mad that he can't get any brains? Right. I don't know. I, yeah, I don't know. But that, that, that phone gets thrown. Yeah. I, that I don't know, Rob. I, you know what? You make up something and I will go with you on that. Whatever you want to say, I will support it. I'm just going to say he was so frustrated that he couldn't even catch one of those teenagers. Yeah, right. Those slippery, slippery punks. Yeah. So he threw the phone. He was like, fuck y'all. I'm out of here. Right. I'm over it. Okay. So that's law too. That's what it was. Um, and then, so now this really does go back and forth. So everybody listening, just bear with us. Um, so now, um, we're back with, uh, Tina and those guys and she see, finally sees Freddie and she's freaking out about that. Um, and then, um, Ernie thinks that they should head to the car. Uh, they see the, the, the ambulance is open. Um, and then, uh, the, uh, zombie, um, oh, right. Zombie. I have it right here. Zombie amputee attacks Ernie. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And okay. That still scares me. It bothers me on a level that's unnatural. I could see that. If yeah. you see like a, a triple amputee af- chomping down on a body and then it gets up and it starts wobbling its way to you, you're going to fucking run. Right. Yeah. Well, yeah. If provided you haven't lost all of your mind by now. Yeah, <laughs> pretty much. Right. Um, and then, um, and then, so, uh, Ernie's back inside, he's freaking out. He's like, they're all over the place. The paramedics are dead. Uh, the guys close up the mortuary, the phone's dead. We got the zombies trying to get in. And then all of a sudden they got their weapons and they're nailing up the doors. And then do the dead comes on. That's the song I have written down to, for this. Ah, the cramps do the dead. Yep. And then the windows, uh, the zombies are coming through the chapel windows. And this is where we get the send more paramedics line. Mm-hmm. One of my favorite lines of the movie there. Yep. Um, and they've got things boarded up. They're back in the embalming room. We got Tina. Um, let's see. The only thing is I abbreviated this and I apologize. We got Tina. We've got um, Scuzz. We've got uh, Spider and they're freaking out. And Bert kind of fills them in on what happened. And, uh, oh, and this is where Freddie and uh, Frank are getting even worse. They're uh, freezing. Their muscles are stiffening up. They're cramping muscles, uh, arms and legs. And then that's when, because Tina, Tina's been kind of like uh, holding Freddie. And Ernie takes a look at his back. And the 
blood has started to pull up and form bruises. You know? Oh, yes. He had that big fucking, what looked yeah. like a rash. And that's when he's like, this looks like rigor mortis to me. Mm-hmm. Rigor mortis? Spider starts screaming, you're dead. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, that, I'm sorry, that wasn't Spider. That was uh, Sorry. Yeah. He's like, you're dead. Um, and then more par- more paramedics arrive only to be eaten. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then, uh, oh, uh, oh, okay. And this, th- I guess this is kind of Scuzz's big moment, but uh, the zombies break through their barrier. And then uh, the one zombie, zombie arm kind of like grabs uh, the uh, Scuzz guy and then pulls him back out. And then he comes back in. We got our lady zombie biting his head. Ah, yes, the one that they yanked in half. Yanked in half. And then um, Spider pins her to the ground, and then Ernie spears her. And And, uh, she seems to be a lot calmer after consuming some brains, which they recognize. Yes, and they got her strapped to the table, and, like, Ernie's kind of, like, like uh, Spider wants nothing to do with it. He's like, let's just, you know, end her. And Ernie's like, no, let's kind of, like, figure this out. So he's kind of, like crying her for uh, information. And that's when she explains that eating brains stops the pain of being dead. (laughs) (laughs) I can feel myself rotting. Oh my gosh. That's so (laughs) horrifying. Oh my God. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, So, um, and then, so uh, spiders like, how do we kill them? And they're like, you got to burn them. That's basically the only thing to do, but that actually makes it way worse because that's what made them. (laughs) All right, that that spreads the uh, trioxin, which somehow is permeating every reanimated corpse. Bad idea, Bert. Yep, very bad. <laughs> and then this, this like a phoenix from the fire, we get trash arising from the mud. Right, she comes out, and I was pleased as punch for some full frontal nudity until reading that it was a cod piece. It was a cod piece. It was a cod piece. So... Um, Sorry, no vagina for me today. <laughs> Which is weird because I've been doing our podcast the whole time in a cod piece and you haven't said boo about that. Um, <laughs> uh, and then we got our rain subsides and we get the poor homeless man, the only other person really in the film, like over in this derelict place and then trash attacks him. I know why. That was so random. It was so random. And when you have things like that in films, I always wonder, who are you? Like, is that a cameo, like a weird cameo? Like, was the person playing him, like, was that Dan O'Bannon? Was it, you know, I know it's not George Romero, but it was like, you know, someone like that, you know, just like to get them in there, like a little nod or something. I always wonder that. Anyway. Yeah, because it, it was like a ghost town up until that point. And then like yeah. the rain stops and then all of a sudden we got one homeless guy with his carriage, hat, wrong place, wrong time. Mm-hmm. He sees a naked dead person coming out of the cemetery. <laughs> Oh, uh, that's the end. Yep. Yep. Uh, and then really pretty much everything is self-contained in this small area, but we get the scene where they're at the police station and um, they're just kind of making the call. Yeah. And they, they the, the police have been taking a lot of calls from people hearing about like a bunch of craziness going on. Exactly. Yep. And then we get um, Casey and Chuck and they're kind of like huddled together in the dark and she's freaking out and, She's like, I never did like you, but God hold me tight. So, and then I, in my mind, I imagine you sub like erasing Chuck and then putting you in that scene. 
Oh, say that again. So this, so the scene, the scene where she's like all upset and she's like basically saying like, I still hate you, Chuck, but I want you to hug me here because I'm freaking out. In my mind, I picture you like getting rid of Chuck and like dropping yourself in that scene. Oh, I would totally do that. Yeah. I'll be a shoulder for her to cry on. Right, right. And then you're like, could we watch Christina together? Or is that weird? <laughs> How about we reenact Christina? Right, yeah. right. Is that okay? I know there's zombies out there, but we've probably got 10 good minutes. Yeah. <laughs> and I only need three. Right. Woo! <laughs> I'm your man. Um, so they've decided that the best thing to do is to lock up Frank, uh, uh, Frank and Freddie in the chapel, but Tina will not leave him alone because she's his woman. That's right. And um, so, sorry, I almost said Freddie sneaks out, but Frank actually snuck out. Yes. Before they shut the door on him. Did he? Um, sorry. Okay. Yeah, because. Are you sure? Yeah, he snuck out. I thought he snuck out after. I don't. Am I out of sequence again? I think you might be. Oh, son of a bitch. Let's, let's keep going and then you can tell me if what I'm saying makes sense or not. Okay. Okay. Um. So they're in the chapel. The police show up at the mortuary. Um. The They are two very handsome uh, police. They both have porn stashes. It doesn't matter because they're dead. Right. And then uh, somebody gets on the walkie and says, send more cops. Mm -hmm. Um, And then the three uh, gentlemen that are left alive, uh, they figure they got to get to the cars. And I'm talking about uh, Spider. I'm talking about Ernie. And I'm talking about Bert. Um, And there's mention of a crawl space up above. And then they're like, hey, you know, we could fight him with this nitric acid. Ah, yes, yes. A lot of nitric acid. So we're back in the chapel. Freddie dies, turns on Tina. We get a slow-mo attack. Um, they're chasing around there. The guys break in and save her. And I believe, if I'm mistaken, this is when Frank sneaks out. Yes, you're right. I was completely out of sequence as per okay. usual. I thought so. Not that I'm right, but I thought, but I mean, I thought that's when that happened in the sequence of things. Not that I was right. That's not how I meant that. Yeah. So he throws the nitric acid in Freddie's face. Uh Frank has already snuck out to do his own thing. Now, mm-hmm. I always wondered, did Frank die just like Freddie? And instead of wanting to eat brains, he was like, I just wish I could see my wife one last time. But I know that's not possible. So let me burn myself up. I, to me, I think we're kind of jumping ahead. But to me, in my mind, I think that he knew the inevitable. And he's just like, I, I can't accept me doing anything like that. I'm just going to end it myself because i know that the reverend werewolf will not come and kill me (laughs) right (laughs) well i'm gonna commit suicide myself yeah that's how i took it and he just put and that to me the the ring he he takes off his wedding band and and puts it on the little um switch to operate the incinerator the crematorium and to me that's just like you know give this to my wife it's a symbol of our love yeah i I loved her i was thinking about her I'm sorry that I'm always jumping ahead. It's just like my brain works. Not, like No, do not apologize. No, not to me, at least. I don't know who else would be apologizing. To I'm, I'm apologizing to the listeners of the show that they're trying to like keep track of everything that's going on. And here I am throwing curveballs. Oh, Rob, they've fallen asleep by now. <laughs> Our one listener has fallen asleep. Our one listener has fallen asleep by now. 
Um, but no, that's how I took it. I mean, that, and nothing it says that's right. That's just how I took it in my head. Because he seems like a very genuinely nice guy to me. Yeah. Frank, I like, I, I picture him being like, you know, this is not going to get better. I don't want to attack someone. I don't want to, you know, because he's kind of seeing how um, it's almost like the opposite of Freddie. Freddie is getting more and more belligerent as he's becoming zombified, you know? Mm-hmm. And I think he's just like, I don't want this, you know, for me. I don't, I'm, I'm not this person. That's yeah. Cause I was going to say that that would take a tremendous fortitude to be able to resist eating brains. If you were actually to turn and then to just like put yourself in the oven and be like, this is the way it's got to be. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, so, uh, oh, so we've got Ernie throwing, um, acid on Freddie. um, spiders freaking out. Uh, they, uh, he breaks out of the chapel. Ernie's leg is hurt. Uh, I mean, his leg is hurt. His foot is broke. Um, now, Freddie's blinded by the acid, but he's, that doesn't really slow him down very much. Um, no, he's still just making a mess of things. Exactly. Um, the police car is left running outside. Um, the the four of them that are left uh, alive are still planning their escape. Um, Ernie uh, says it's time for the favor that Bert's going to make it out alive and save him. And then Bert watches his ass. Um, yep. And I thought, I didn't know they were gay. Why would he be looking in his ass? <laughs> that's kind of cool that they went in that direction with the two. Um, and that Bert and uh, they decide that Bert and Spider are going to run to the cop car. So they get to the cop car and they're surrounded and they pretty much just take off in the cop car. And Bert's like, you know, we'll get help. We'll send it back. But we can't go back for yeah, because they originally tried to get through the door, but the yeah. zombies just kept piling up in front of the yeah. door. So it, it wouldn't have been good for anybody if that happened. No. Um, then we got Tina freaking out because they left them. Um, and then um, they, uh, Burton and uh, Spider off to find their phone. Uh, they, they end up crashing into a wall, though, so they actually did them zero good to run off. Yeah, this. <laughs> it seems like this space was kind of contained within its own like quantum field or something because there was like nowhere to go for anybody to me it felt like almost like an industrial port do you know what i mean when i what i'm saying when i say that yeah so like a a few blocks of city that are strictly for like buildings of that sort businesses yeah and like since it was the time it was there probably wasn't a whole lot of work going on uh, business-wise going on in my mind i'm just because it just seemed like it was like very self-contained. Yeah, it did. Anyway, yeah, but I'm right there with you. Yeah, so um, that crawl space they're talking about, Ernie gets Tina up there. Um, Which he, uh, as he was getting her up there, his hand was firmly on her backside. Yeah. Did you see that? He's like, I'm going out, but I'm getting the feel. <laughs> yeah, he was, he was copping a feel, all right? I think it was like, what would Rob do? What would Rob do? <laughs> WWRD. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, hey man, your 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 booty's looking mighty cute in them jeans right. there. <laughs> yeah. Can that can that waist get any higher on those mom jeans, Tina? <laughs> um, and then like this was horrible, but Freddie's like like taunting her. You know, he's like, I can still smell those brains. Yeah, he's like, I love you, so let I me love- eat your brains. Yeah, and I broke my hand, but I'm still coming for you. <laughs> yeah, that would like we when we talked about uh from beyond and how when the when uh what's her name tossed herself out that window there and broke her leg 
but she yeah. was laughing hysterically. I mean, if that doesn't break oh. your mind, what will? Oh, I know. Um, the Goldbergs. The Gold. Oh, here we go. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, no, that I can't. I can't even imagine. Like, I can't even imagine. Just, uh. Um, and then, and like, if, if you're going to insert what we were talking about with Frank, that's this is the scene where it comes in. Um, they're going upstairs. Frank is at the incinerator, you know, doing all of that. Then we have the over, uh, over um, headshot of the helicopters um, saying there's like massive amounts of cop cars that are being attacked. Uh, the police blockade is shown and we got um, uh, trash leading the charge. Yep. Trash leading the charge. Um, then you got Ernie basically cuddling her and he's got the gun and, you know, it's not going to go well. Um <laughs> Mm. uh bert's got the bat um yeah he's uh, with spider at this point right spider uh uh-huh they're back inside there um tar man comes into play again and gets his head knocked off yeah that that was good because it um when they gave they originally gave clue gulliger a lead pipe but Mm -hmm. dan o'bannon decided to switch it out for a rubber pipe because apparently clue has a bit of a temper and he's a little unpredictable Oh God. Yeah. So it's oh, like God. they swapped out the lead pipe for, for a rubber one. Oh, that's a good thing. Oh, I, th- I need to say this too. The um, spider and um, this, uh, this is important. Spider and Bert are back in the building with Casey and Chuck. That's important. I'm so sorry. The building with Casey and Chuck, the same building where the tar man is. They're all four together. Ah, yes. Okay. That's I'm so right. Sorry. I'm so sorry. Um, and then uh, Burke calls the number on the tank. He's transferred to the uh, headquarters. Um, and then that's where we get Colonel Gruber and he makes the final phone call, letting them know um, that the lost consignment of Easter eggs is actually located in Louisville, Kentucky. And it's time for the contingency plan to go into effect. Um, codes are sent, tanks and missiles are launched. Then we get that silence, and then there's an incredibly grim ending um, with a mushroom cloud at 5.01 Eastern Daylight Time. And can I just say, um, uh, the code Archimedes Hot Dog Rhubarb. Um, yeah. <laughs> really now? <laughs> <laughs> Archimedes Hot Dog Rhubarb, and with a bunch of numbers thrown in there. So would, am I wrong, or would that be A-H-R? Is that correct? Uh, H-A-H-D-R maybe? Hot, unless if you're using hot dog as two words. okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yes. Okay, okay. But so you're with me on that. That's what that would be? Yeah. Okay, all right. Okay. And then, so um, they say there's 4,000 dead, but don't worry about it because the rain's going to take care of the fire. (laughs) And it's going to, it's going to wash it all away as if it never happened. And again, we get, uh, because there's like three scenes um, movies don't really do this. Hanna-Barbera cartoons do this, but movies don't usually do this. But there are three scenes that I know of in particular that Dan O'Bannon just reused, reused the scene. One is the uh, crematorium billowing the smoke out of the vent. Yep. The second one is the water going down into the side view of the grave with the black shoes. And the and third being the, the skeleton, right? Exactly. You got it, my friend. Okay. And back up and he's ready to party. I've been paying attention. <laughs> And that comes to the end of the film. Yes. And it's like, all right, there's a lot of movies where it's like, I love them, but I'm glad that they end. And this one, it's like, I wanted it to keep going. 
let's just hit re- rewind and start this tape up right again. Yeah, let's let's start it up all over again. All over again. Now, there's one thing I want to add, and it's just like fluff. But on the soundtrack, there's a band, and I, if I'm not mistaken, they have two songs, and the band is SSQ. SSQ. Oh, I never heard so, of them. Well. Oh, uh, no, T-S-O-L, right? No, I think it's SSQ. Let me know. Oh, okay. I'm going to try to look. I don't know if I can. But anyway, um, if, it's, if it's SSQ, um, the singer is actually Stacy Q. And she had the song um, Two of Hearts. Oh, Susie Q? No, Stacy Q. Oh, so, the, the, but that song, Two of Hearts, I need you, I need you. Yeah, that's Stacy Q, and she was in SSQ. No shit. Yes. All right, hold on. I've got I've to look on Spotify and check this out now. And she was also Cinnamon on The Facts of Life. SSQ, Wow. Am I right? Was it SSQ? Uh, yeah, I'm looking at SSQ and I'm trying to uh, see all I'm seeing is stuff from like 2020 and 2014. Because my albums are all in the other room and I don't want to just get up and leave the podcast to go look for an album. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be right back in an hour. You hear the door. <laughs> Uh, let's see here. <laughs> but Spotify isn't always the most reliable, I will say. Mm-hmm. But on that album, the, so you know Two of Hearts, right? Oh, yes. That's one of my favorite songs. Well, then you would also love We Connect and Insecurity because it's the exact same, exact same song. She just changed the lyrics on the same album. I'm like, <laughs> we're not stupid, Stacy. Yeah. Oh, shoot. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I love Stacey. Um, yeah, but she was cinnamon on the facts of life. Oh, Stacy Q, I had it all wrong. Stacy Q did two of hearts. I was thinking it was yeah. Susie Q. Oh, okay. well, you said that, and I'm like, no, it's not Susie Q, it's Stacy Q. Okay, yeah, I, uh, my brain is kind of fried right now. So, but uh, yeah, it's SSQ. Yeah, she's the one. Uh, Tonight we make love till we die, and then Trash's theme was SSQ. Okay. Yeah. Because I didn't see that. I was thinking of TSOL, which is on the same soundtrack. Correct. Yes. All right. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah, Stacy Q. She was one of my favorites. Yep, Stacy Q. It was worth it just to hear you sing uh, two of hearts. Actually. Oh geez. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes I will burst out into song. That was pretty cool. But so now I've got to ask you this. And I want you to be honest with our listeners. Would you recommend this movie to someone? Oh, absolutely. I would recommend it with like, I would say you must see this movie. If you don't, um, I will have serious questions about you in the future. See, I would say I would drive to your home and break in. So as soon as you get home from work or that date that may have not gone so well, I'm on the couch with this ready to go. And, and would you turn into a, would you turn into a werewolf? If they didn't watch it, I'll <laughs> you. Yeah. And they're going to sit there and they're going to have time to make popcorn. They're going to have time to answer emails. They'll probably be able to do some laundry and then I'll be a werewolf and all hell's going to break loose. <laughs> a zombie werewolf at that. A zombie werewolf. <laughs> 
with leg warmers. With leg warmers. <laughs> Did we talk about the first time we saw this movie? Um, I can't, I can't I remember know. if we talked about it at the beginning. Um, you go. You go first. Okay. Well, the first time I saw this, um, when did George Michael's Faith come out? Oh, God. Walter could totally tell me this because he's a George Michael fan. Um, I'm an atheist, so I don't know. Let's see. Rob? Um, I don't know. I'm just thinking. <laughs> no, uh, you're supposed to laugh at my joke. Oh, sorry. I was just like in my own brain. I was like, when, what year? Because I remember like that song, I want your sex. I was at, I was at one of my friend's houses and she like, that was her favorite song. And she wanted to like take my boom box and record herself singing that song. And I was like, all right, go ahead. You know, but also she's the same friend who told me all about this movie, um, which was very cool because that's how I found out about it. Um, and the part that really got me was the part where, you know, the, the dead lady takes a bite out of, um, his name is Scuzz, right? Scuzz. Uh-huh. Yeah. Okay. So she takes a bite out of him and they pull her in. They're like, it hurts being dead. I can feel myself rot. And I was like, I've got to see this movie. <laughs> um, so yeah, I was just a little young. And- so I saw it, I actually saw it with. Um, I distinctly remember all this. We saw it at the Kenrick Theater, which is where my friend worked. Um, I don't know if he actually was working at the time there or not. But anyway, my friend worked there. So I saw it with my friend and um, my, um, uh, I was dating her at the time. She eventually would become my ex-wife. And we all three saw it. It was pouring down rain coming home. And it's, um, it's not really a river. It's, I don't know what you call it, but it's, I don't know. It's like a man-made thing. It's like uh, basically to catch like rainwater overflow. Is that like the, like the LA river kind of thing? Something like that, but it's called river de pair. And it's basically just like a muddy murky mess. But the three of us at the same time all saw a car in front of us go over into it. And so we stopped the car and got out and looked and there was nothing down there, but we all three saw it at the same time. It was the weirdest thing ever, Rob. Holy shit. It was so weird. But yeah. And then we looked in the paper and we watched the news and nothing happened. We all three saw it. It was the weirdest thing. So faith came out October 30th, 1987. 87. Okay. That's when I saw this movie then. Okay. Yeah. Not October, but 87 of some time. Gotcha. Yep. That's weird. He released it so close to Halloween. Yeah, that is. I don't even think George Michael was a Christian. Oh, I have no idea. I don't know much about George Michael, really. I, I, I was a big it. fan of Wham and then George Michael. And then it was like, well, I think just that one album, Faith, really mm-hmm. like did it for me. Yeah, Walt's got, I mean, Walt like was a true bluer until the very end. Like, Oh, wow. Got, yeah, everything he did. Yeah. Yeah, because my sisters used to, like, I grew up on MTV and my sisters were big into, like, Wham! and stuff. And so I ended up, like, singing all those songs, like, Wake Me Up Before You Go Go. Right, yeah. <laughs> I'm just like, if you're too busy to send me just a couple clippings of pubic hair, then you really don't need me. To- <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, George Michael. Whatever. <laughs> 
Well, you could always go dig them up. I mean, there's a chance. Oh, that... God. <laughs> oh, um, yeah. No, I just really wasn't. I will be honest with you. For the most part, I was always way more into female singing. Really? Yeah. Now, I did like Sting. I like the police, but I was way more into like uh, missing persons. Um, I did like the Go-Go's, uh, the Bangles. Oh, I love the Bangles. I was, I still am. I, I well, not still am because they're later stuff. No, but Madonna, I loved Madonna. Um, for some weird reason, I stopped liking Madonna after she did that movie in the nineties. Uh, well, not movie. It was more of a documentary. Oh, truth or dare. Yeah. That one. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. I just, I don't, I just, there's something about, I don't know. I don't know. I almost feel like I can't <laughs> relate to them. <laughs> I'm such a mess, Rob. But yeah, I, yeah. I now let's see. I'm trying to think of other male groups I like. I actually really do love um, Dead or Alive. Do you remember them? Dead or Alive. Hmm. You spin me around like a record. Oh, yes. Okay. I Just by that song, I know them. Yeah. 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 Pete Burns, I really did like them. Um, what other male groups did I like? Come on. You got to say Billy Idol, man. Billy was okay. I, I like Billy enough. Yeah. Um, I saw him actually like live in concert and he had a pair of scissors and he was very obsessed with like, like his crotch area and the scissors. And I'm like, this is really sending me weird mixed signals here. I don't quite get what you're doing. It was very I think, dark. I think he was always like that though. It was so weird. Not um, with scissors, but I mean, he, you, in photographs, he's always touching himself. Yeah. But not with scissors. You, that's not the kind of thing you look. Like your genitalia with sharp objects, that's not really a turn on thing. It's it's horrifying. Yeah, that's a no go zone. Yeah. Yeah, no go zone. Yeah, no go zone. Yeah. So, <laughs> anyway. He must have been spent too much time dancing with himself. Clearly, clearly. Which was directed by Toby Hooper, the video. Oh, and I've got a fun little tidbit about Toby Hooper. Uh oh, remember how we were talking about um Bert's joke about the skeleton, the farm where they have skeleton with perfect teeth. That's actually, that was actually proposed by Toby Hooper. Seriously? Yes, seriously. Really? Interesting. And he was actually slated to be the director of this movie and it was supposed to be filmed in 3D. Oh my God, can you imagine? That would have been something, right? Now... I think I can one up you, but did you know that trash was supposed to be played by Gary Cole? <laughs> you had me go in there for a minute. <laughs> you really did. I was, I thought you were going to come out with like um, Jennifer Connelly or something. <laughs> I almost believed you. Dame Judy Dench will be played tonight. The part of trash will be portrayed by Dame Judy Dench. <laughs> <laughs> and Ma- Malcolm McDowell. <laughs> right. Oh, right. <laughs> Malcolm McDowell as a young man, not, not in his older days. No, no. We're talking like uh, clockwork orange Malcolm McDowell. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I should have made you do that. Had I been thinking ahead of time, I would have made you recast all of the punks with other people. Oh man, I could have come up with something cool probably. I'm sure we would have like a, a list that would make people just pee their pants. 
Oh, that would have been fun. Yeah. We're going to have to try that next time. We will. We will do that next time. Where we just recast the entire movie and like direct it ourselves. Exactly. With John Candy. With John Candy. <laughs> the de- Wait, the deceased John Candy? Oh, no. Well, it is Return of the Living Dead. Yeah. I mean, hell, we could even get George Michael in this. Oh, George. See, now, when I, when I actually do recast things like this, because I do that all the time, but, like, there's specific times when I want that person. Like, mm-hmm. if, you, if, if you're recasting Alec Baldwin, it's like, do you want the Alec Baldwin, like, now? Or are we talking, like, Alec Baldwin from Beetlejuice? Like, when do you want him, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's a good thought, too, because, like, now, if you're, like, when you're talking about John Candy, I was picturing, like, John Candy... Uh, planes, trains, and automobiles, or maybe Uncle Buck, something like that. See, and I always go to um, SCTV John Candy in my head. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Because you have to have that right point in their career for the movie. For that yeah. Movie. Yeah. Well, there you go. How fun. Now, so since this is a surprise birthday bonus because my birthday is on Halloween when this will air. That's right. So it's technically already Halloween because when the listener hears this, it will be Halloween. It will be Halloween. And that is why I'm in my birthday suit. And I'll say happy birthday. Yay. (laughs) And so, but we actually don't have a movie to uh, give you to watch next time because this is a bonus. Right. This is a bonus. This is a non-numbered episode. It's completely out of character. Yes. It is our gift to you for my birthday. Yes. So it's like, Mark gets a birthday gift and you guys get a birthday gift. But Rob's really the one doing all the work. (laughs) Yeah, I'm the one slaving over a hot stove. (laughs) Right. Yes. Yes. With his hair up in curlers. Yeah. Over a hot oven with my head bunched up. I like I put the curlers in my skin and I kind of (laughs) do it like that. (laughs) It's got like really weird like patterns on your. Yeah. And then I've got the Captain Lou Albano rubber bands on on my beard and shit. Oh, Captain Lou. Good old Cindy. Now, that's someone else I love, Cindy. I love Cindy Lauper. Girls just want to have fun. All right. So have we, have we, let's see, have we beaten a dead corpse? I think we have uh, beaten this corpse, turned it over, and beaten it some more. All right. Well, it it sounds like our uh, duty here has been done. All right. So if you would like to, which I hope you will, uh, contact us or follow us or see what's going on. We have an Instagram account, which is... Uh, at, uh, no, not at, it's just monster. Nope, that's not right. <laughs> I'm doing like monster mayhem mashup, and I'm like, that's not at all. What... <laughs> the monster <laughs> mash. I'm so sorry. <laughs> You're really, you did a lot of cocaine, man. Oh, yeah, now I don't even know what I, it's, yeah, somehow I'm upside down. Um, <laughs> I got a bong in my ass. <laughs> <laughs> Uh-huh. His butt chucking the ball. Yeah, um, so here we go. All right. So if you'd like to reach us on Instagram, it is Midnight Mass Creature Cast. And Rob, you got the Gmail? I do. You can email us at mmccpod at gmail.com. And uh, I recommend, I highly recommend uh, if you're new to the show, following us on Instagram because that's where you, you will get all the updates. You can actually contact Mark and he would love to hear from you. And I respond right away because I do nothing else but sit on that account. Oh, <laughs> you sit on the account all day. 
<laughs> my eyes. I don't actually, I have like taken to like taping them open with masking tape. So I don't even want to blink and miss anything. Oh, so I thought you may, I thought maybe you got like a computer implanted into one of your eyes and it's directly attached to your brain. I like, I look like I have a tick. I just blink constantly. Oh, okay. So you're actually typing when you're blinking. Right. I am. I am. Oh, okay. Hashtag. Hashtag. Yeah. Hashtag it up. Hashtag it up. Hashtag trash nudity now. Gotta see it. Would that be a trash tag? Hat. That would be a trash tag, actually. Yeah. Yep. Go for it, guys. (laughs) Yeah. Make make it trend. Make a trash tag trend. Do it. We have the power, people. Yep. All right. Thank you, guys. 